This episode is brought to you by Google. As of early July, the nation has seen 2.9 million cases of COVID-19. 130,000 deaths and counting. Nearly 40 million Americans unemployed and businesses of all size in peril. The pandemic experience has rocked America. The federal government is on the front lines of the COVID-19 response, 24-7. Pivoting on a dime to more than 80% of Fed's teleworking, FedIT has demonstrated unprecedented agility to support the mission, from SBA to HHS to the U.S. Army and beyond. Meritalk's CIO Crossroads chronicles the tech odyssey, telling the story with the CIO's voices. Today, we harmonize those voices in a chorus of innovation, heroics, and lessons learned. Federal CIO Suzette Kent sets the tone and course for the journey. Times of crisis, you get a lot of clarity about what's important. Some of the first things that we did were about moving to maximum telework to support the safety of the workforce as a whole. We also asked agencies to define what mission critical functions they needed to support not only their mission citizens or anything related to the response. So we kind of took away the daily traffic through policy and guidance. Specifically in the IT community, we started daily interactions and fast dialogue. And the policy that came out on mission continuity through technology, we took and lifted the things that enabled business to continue without people being in the office. And we pushed those forward. And we used that as a mandate to tell people it's not a do it if or do it as a backup or do it if you like and it's more convenient. It's you must do this first. It's amazing how creative people have gotten. That was a good outcome of thinking differently. And they've maintained productivity. That's a proof point. Let's dig a little deeper into the success. The federal response and mission continuity would not have been possible without IT modernization. Let's hear from former Small Business Administration CIO Maria Roach. We have what's called SBA Connect, and that leverages login.gov. So when we stood up the lender gateway for the PPP portal, that was one of the things that we had already built. All we had to do is build on a portal the web forms in front of it, so we had the authentication. Veterans Administration CIO James Gaffer. One of the biggest successes was our business intelligence service line and our corporate data warehouse and how we were able to use our corporate data warehouse feeds with VHA and then harness the data around a whole ecosystem you know, one of them is the national biosurveillance tool. So from a metric standpoint, our ability to expand that and work with VHA and others to provide that single source of truth was, was a real standout. Department of Labor CIO, Gundeep Alawalia. One is uh, the foreign labor application gateway. We used to actually print these labor certifications on currency-like paper. We went to the CIO council, we went to the TMF board, we actually got funding from them. And January, we went completely electronic. Because we saw it on the bend and were ready for that, labor certification have not stopped. General Services Administration CIO David Shive. We became a mobile-enabled agency five or six years ago. This is not new for us. 
when we made telework mandatory on March 17th, the majority of our workforce had already done everything they needed to. They had the right technology, they had the right practice in place to work from home with almost no disruption of the work. The federal government demonstrated that it can move fast. Agencies re-examined and retooled processes. They scaled pilot projects, sometimes overnight. Former General Services Administration, Deputy Commissioner of Federal Acquisition Service, and Director of Technology Transformation Services, Anil Cherian. Another big one is the work that we're doing with Maria Rogue in the Lender Gateway. They need to get the site up and running. Our platform, Login, is really the core platform that does the authentication there. They were aware of our login capabilities, and we've been having those conversations with them. In fact, we were going to launch that pilot on the Lender Gateway in the latter part of the year. And Maria basically said, hey, we need that tomorrow. Let's go move on that. U.S. Army CIO, Lieutenant General Bruce Crawford. We got a workforce that's used to being on Cipernet. They don't have hardwired Cipernet at their house. How are we going to get them Cipernet? Evolving and being able to leverage commercial solutions for classified type capability and allowing our users to get super tablets and super phones. This isn't just about reading email. Most of the workforce, you know, they generate content. And then there was the mobility and making sure that we leverage commercial solutions for classified technologies to get super mobility tools into our workforce. National Science Foundation CIO, Dorothy Aronson. We've also got a continuous modernization approach. So what we did when the pandemic struck was we expedited the implementation of a couple of things that were partially implemented at the time. One of them was an electronic workflow system and approval system that covered our electronic signature requirements for the agency. Nuclear Regulatory Commission CIO David Nelson. We also developed some tools that allowed our licensees through web-based forms to submit exemption requests on, you know, certain ways that they have to work within those plants. We did that through a low-code, no-code platform and quickly got that up. I think within eight days, we had that process up and automated. Collaboration was wide and deep at the onset of the crisis and continues today. We've seen strong teamwork within and among agencies, with state and local governments, and with industry partners. It all starts at the top. Again, the NRC's David Nelson. What's working really well, you're going to be interviewing Suzette. She's just been a huge help to all of us in organizing and bringing us together. We initially started with daily calls. They were just amazing sessions. And I don't know how she found the hours in the day, but she was available by phone to any of us. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency Assistant Director for Cybersecurity, Brian Ware. We work with our IC partners and we work with industry partners through a variety of different collaboration mechanisms. So working with them, we've been able to block several thousand malicious domains from the government networks. Department of Housing and Urban Development, Principal Deputy CIO, Kevin Cook. We had a lot of collaboration with USDA, GSA, SBA, and Energy who were very expedient in both, you know, sharing information with us. And we had some lessons learned with those folks. We talked with Energy about our Office 365 and how we expanded that. Federal CIO, Suzette Kent. We met with state CIOs through NACIO. We have talked directly to all the CIOs and then to a subgroup on specific priorities. 
and then we talked to program individuals in states. We figured out, you know, here's the states that are having the biggest challenges in a pandemic, state and local actually kind of set the first line of defense. Again, we look at end-to-end process and we look at information sharing where we can smooth out and make more consistent so that we can forecast forward better. With telework everywhere, the cyber threat surface expanded exponentially. U.S. Army CIO, Lieutenant General Bruce Crawford. If you think about what we did almost overnight, as a part of uh, Dana DC's you know, CIO COVID IT task force, we went from defending the perimeter, and these are traditional perimeters, your post camps and stations, to literally defending the living room. GSA's David Shive. But then they fall back to you know, the personal PCs and things like that when they need to. So we've had to create a cybersecurity wrapper around that to guard against that and to protect that environment. The nice thing about it is when you create that capability, it doesn't matter if you have 15 or 25,000 or if you have 50,000 devices. You treat them all the same and they're going to be well protected. This is Brian Ware. So we're scanning now a couple hundred new IP ranges. So these are internet connected IPs for pharmaceutical companies and hospitals and public health agencies. Those have identified you know, 10,000 or so critical vulnerabilities We've been working and engaging with those companies to address the vulnerabilities, and the majority of the vulnerabilities that we've identified have been closed to this point. In the early days of the pandemic, the federal government scaled to more than 80% telework overnight. Volumes were up more than 800% over anything experienced before. The pivot was rapid and successful. Months into the pandemic, telework is here to stay, and some say there's no going back. Department of Transportation CIO Ryan Coat. And again, I've seen no decrease at all whatever, whatsoever in, in productivity. And in fact, I think it's, it's increased because people have risen to the challenge. I think many people, even myself included years ago, and were skeptical of telework. And so there was a trust issue there. And I think we've broken through that barrier. GSA's David Scheib. What we've created is basically small little government facilities in each person's home. From a logical standpoint, the infrastructure they're working on looks and feels just like being in a hyper-secure government facility. And we did that because we knew the number of nodes that we needed to manage was going to explode. Part of that's because of Internet of Things and, and the organic growth there. But part of that is because we know that people are doing the work of government on any number of devices, their government furnished equipment, their cell phones, their their tablets, their laptops, things like that. There's no growth without reflection, and COVID-19 has given us a lot to consider. Federal IT leaders share some of their lessons learned for the road ahead. EPA's Vaughn Noga. Don't waste this opportunity, these lessons learned that we're learning now. We really need to take this opportunity to let these lessons help us transform going forward. On the other side of this, if we were to go back to, hey, someone's going to print on a piece of paper, hey, I need to apply a wet signature to it, then we really haven't embraced the opportunity to really push for digital government. This is CDM Program Manager Kevin Cox. No matter how the networks change, no matter how the processes and the, the location of the data, the agencies will still need these capabilities to ensure that those data repositories, the, the location of the system, is protected. So as 
agency missions evolve with this pandemic and any future circumstances, future events, we in the CDM program are prepared to adapt to new circumstances in order to support those agency missions. Veterans Administration CIO James Gaffer. The criticality of having a relationship with your commercial vendors. You know the old adage, right? You can't surge trust. When we picked up the phone, people already knew who we were. They knew what our mission was. They knew what we were going to ask for. And they were already leaning into what we needed. The story continues to unfold. An impact will endure for decades. We end on a note of gratitude and optimism. Again, Federal CIO Suzette Kent. Obviously, I have to shout out to my own OFCIO team and the CIO council because everyone took issues, ran them to ground fast. I also have to thank our vendor community. I had conversations daily with many of the senior leaders at those organizations, making sure that they were clear about what were key priorities from the federal side. That was helpful. A shout out to our business and mission folks who have embraced new ways of doing things. We're in a different environment, especially now that we're through the process. Some of the delightful things have been the general American public in places where people have pitched in. From the daily work being collaborative and innovative to the general population being innovative, I see the glass really full about our ability to get through any kind of challenge. Thank you, listeners, for joining Meritalk's podcast series, CIO Crossroads, Federal IT in the COVID Crisis. We hope you'll continue to join us as we take a look at Federal IT's reaction to the crisis, the challenges faced along the way, and, ultimately, the success stories that have kept America rolling. This episode was brought to you by Google.